Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. And today we have a fun podcast breaking down the matchup with Ole Miss coming up on Saturday. Ole Miss is a top 10 team, 6-0, going to be a big-time game for Brian Harson and company. Uh, obviously, last week, Auburn was obliterated by Georgia and Athens. That was just a really rough game, but we'll we'll try not to spend too much time just reminiscing on the depression that ensued last Saturday. But Wheeler, why don't you just, you know, quickly give us your thoughts about just how that Georgia game went. Did you know, did you expect us to just get destroyed like that? Were there any bright spots you saw? Just kind of walk us through your uh your mindset going through that game. Um, I thought that the defense played significantly better than I anticipated that they would. Um, you know, obviously at the end it got a little bit away from them, but at that point it really doesn't matter. You know, I mean by the time it was getting away from them, you were low on depth because a bunch of people had been hurt. Uh, you already are in a very deep defense, and the offense was giving you negative hope. Um, so I thought it was a good performance by the defense, um, especially in the when the game was actually competitive. Um, the offensive line is putrid. And, I mean, it's like we've said the whole season. I, I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record, but there there's nothing that you can do on offense that's going to fix the fact that your offensive line just <clears throat> doesn't even square up on somebody. I mean, it's not – they're not even getting a hat on somebody and just getting whipped. They don't even touch them. I mean, there, there were multiple drives where dude just comes running totally free. Um, and not even off of a blitz. It wasn't even a disguised blitz. I mean, it is a defensive lineman with his hand in the dirt and just runs straight up the middle. Nobody puts a hat on him. The guard's looking the other way. And I recognize there were some injuries, but, I mean, it's, it's just horrible. I mean, it, I don't know if it's the talent. I don't know if it's Will Friend. Um, it, it's just – it's in it, it. It's you're unable to play offensive football with your offensive line that bad. And I, I don't know how we're a Division One school that has an offensive line this bad. I mean, I would rather have San Jose State's offensive line right now than Auburn's. They got a push against Auburn's defensive line. They they didn't just let free runners go. Um, I haven't seen a team honestly this season that I would rather have our offensive line more than. Um, I think maybe I went to the Alabama A&M uh, UAB game, and I think that I might rather have our offensive line than Alabama A&M's, but they honestly were comparable. Um, they're horrible. They're, I mean, there's just 
no way around saying it. Um, you know, and then you got Brandon Council saying, oh, we're we're just going to dominate them uh, unless they get into their third down packages. And I mean, that's just a freezing cold take. I, I don't know why you would say that. Um, and it, it's just poor. It, it's honestly so poor. There's no hope. There's no hope for the offense as long as uh, you have linemen playing like that. I, th- I think the only thing that you can do, and it's what we did on the touchdown to Jarquez, uh, you throw like screen passes, and you hope that uh, the you hope that the receivers are able to block better than your offensive line. Um, maybe get the tight ends to block. Maybe put a tight end. We've said this before. I know it's very untraditional. Put a tight end in the backfield because you know somebody's running free. Like there, there is not a chance that they're going to pick up the entire blitz. Um, or even honestly, a three. I think that the the play that went viral on Twitter was a three. Maybe it was a four man rush. No linebackers, no safeties, no corners, just defensive linemen, and they come in, and I mean untouched. Um, but yeah, it's it it's a it's a sad place to be, and I don't know how you fix it, but. And I don't think Brian Harson does either. You know, I think I think it's just where the offense is right now. Well, according to Brian Harson, it's not a talent issue. So he kind of, I mean, he he said that in his post game or in his you know press conference this week, and you're just kind of like, well, Brian, that 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 kind of leaves the coaching as the problem. And you obviously, I mean, you don't want to just point fingers, but. It made me think of, you know, in high school when they are yelling at the offensive line for not knowing what they're doing, hit somebody. That's the thing. Like, if you're not – if you're just going to be – if you don't know anything that you're doing, you don't know what the play is, you don't know where the play's going, hit somebody. Do something. Make some kind of an impact. Our problem is we're not hitting anybody. And it's not even like they're trying to, you know, go to the next level and get to linebackers and they're just not getting there quick enough. They're just – they're just getting out of their stance, and it's almost like they don't see the guy that's in front of them that is just running. And then Robbie, as soon as he catches the snap, he's running left, running right. Robbie Ashford's stat line, 13 for 38, 165 yards and a touchdown, and nine carries for 52 yards. Tank Bigsby, 10 carries for 19 yards. His long was five. Jarquez, five carries for 20 yards. I mean, horrible, horrible, horrible offensive play. Absolutely embarrassing. Auburn gets embarrassed in Athens for another year. The only thing we could hold our hat on was that a quarterback threw a touchdown in that stadium for the first time in over a decade, which just made you even feel worse. And it was on a it was on a flat route. The throw was the most negligible part of the play. I mean, goodness, man. It was just such a horrible, horrible game. I just, yeah. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Going into Ole Miss, how are you feeling? Auburn is a Auburn's a 15-point dog. Going into Ole Miss, 11 a.m. kick. Auburn historically has been horrible at 11 a.m., at home at least. On the road, you know, I think the last time we played Ole Miss at 11 a.m., we beat them. So, just kind of walk us through where you are with this kind of matchup, how you think Ole Miss looks. You know, I, I personally, I don't think Ole Miss is that good. 
we are bad. I mean, we are a bad football team. Ole Miss is not very good. In my opinion, this is the worst the SEC has been in a long time. I don't think anyone in the SEC is really unbeatable. I think that if Auburn had a halfway decent football team, we'd be competitive in every game. And you saw that. I mean, we we were not just completely uncompetitive against Georgia at the beginning of the game. I mean, if we don't do the stupid fake punt and actually play field position and play football, we, we would have – it would have been a closer game at halftime. They probably only score one touchdown, if that. So, I, I really don't think anybody in the SEC is just miles better than anybody else. I think that Ole Miss is one of the better teams, but Ole Miss is losing to Vanderbilt at halftime this, you know, this past week. I really don't think they're that good, but obviously we're three and three. We're coming off a 32 point loss to one of our biggest rivals. It's not like we're playing good football either. So just kind of walk us through how you see Ole Miss as an opponent, how you see Auburn matching up against certain, certain guys at Ole Miss and just kind of the the deeper aspect of this game with all the Lane Kiffin rumors about Brian Harson potentially getting fired, Lane Kiffin being one of the biggest targets. How do you think the the game within the game will play out as well as kind of the product on the field on Saturday? It's going to be an 11 a.m. kick. We're going to be on the road, which means we're going to come out hot, just like we did against Arkansas last year. We're going to have a great first half. We might be winning at halftime maybe be down by one touchdown, and then the second half is going to be like every other second half this season, and honestly last season too. They're just going to slowly lose the game. Um, and then it's just a matter of how much the defense cares uh, to keep it within the number or not. Um, no, we're not going to win tomorrow. We're not going to win another game this year. Um, maybe Western Kentucky, but honestly, who even cares at this point? This is such a horrible football team, it's hard to even watch. I mean, it really is. It's just, they're just horrible. There is no hope of the future of being any way decent this football season. Tomorrow's going to suck. It's an, I wish that it wasn't an 11 a.m. kick so that I could enjoy something else during 11 a.m. I can't wait for next week with the bye week. Maybe they'll fire Brian Harson. I don't think it'll help, but at least I'll know that the man's been told that he did a sucky job. I mean, they're not going to win any more games, whether he's the coach or not. Unless the interim coach just has all of these offensive linemen or brings in the, I don't know, the optometrist in Auburn. Maybe Rob Pate can go fix the offensive line's vision in the in the bye week and they'll be able to see the guy running at them and then all of a sudden we'll be a menace on offense. But no, tomorrow is going to just be another miserable experience of Auburn football. We're going to do somewhat okay in the first half and then just watch it all slip away. And then we're going to hear Brian Harson in the press conference. You just got to execute. You got to be the man in the arena. Y'all don't understand. Y'all aren't in the meetings. We're the men in the arena. And it's it's hard to hold up. We're really good in the first half, man. If we could just carry it over. I mean, we talk about the second half all week. It's not going to do anything. It's not. They're going to lose. Lane's going to laugh. Lane's finally going to get the Auburn monkey off his back. And our only hope is that maybe he has pity on us and chooses to come and coach our football team next year. The program is just in a sad state of affairs. It seems like we're trying to hire an athletic director by the weekend so that we can fire the football coach on Sunday. (laughs) That's where we are right now. They have pushed the fast forward button on the athletic director search so they can fire the man. 
Because right now, we don't even have an athletic director that's allowed to fire anybody because it's an interim. Take the interim tag off. Let the man be the athletic director and let him do what needs to be done. Get rid of Harson. Call Lane. Call Dion. Do not call Matt Rule. Please, for the love of God, do not call Matt Rule. Matt Rule is the Texas version of Brian Harson. He's a narcissistic, hands-on approach that can't recruit where the gum that somehow got lucky at Baylor, got hired on at the Panthers, and was an epic flop. No, Matt Rule is a tragic choice. Same with Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes is Gene Chizik 2.0. Let's go get a mediocre coach that's a mediocre recruiter and say, come on to Auburn, man. We're going to have a great time. No, unless you want to get real acquainted with Protective Stadium because you're excited that you've made it to the Birmingham Bowl, don't hire Jeff Grimes. And don't say, well, at least we could get an offensive line. That's all you're going to get. Heck, you'll have some glass eaters from the middle of Kansas that just wipe out the cornbread station at the wellness kitchen, but that's all you're going to get out of that man. It's We got some pitiful names on the search list. We got a pitiful coach right now. We got a pitiful offensive coordinator that gets fired after every job he does because he absolutely sucks. We've got a consultant from Arizona State that got fired for sucking and for cheating, and he's calling in on Zoom every day consulting. Well, daggum, it doesn't look like anybody's consulting on this offense other than the defensive coordinators from the other team. We are just miserable, miserable as a football team, and the only thing that's good is at least Alan Flanagan's back for basketball, and we're going to be somewhat decent at some sport, and that the volleyball team has risen from the ashes like a phoenix. The fact that Auburn fans now care about the volleyball team in mid-October shows you how sad the football program is. Auburn's sending out basketball ticket notifications because they've already sold out all of the games except for the crappy ones. They want you to come buy a ticket to the Monday night George Mason game and pay 50 bucks. And people are doing it because they're so tired of watching the crap sandwich on Saturdays. Oh, it's, it's, it's depressing, man. It's just sad that, that you go into games and there is no hope of winning multiple weeks in a row. That's all I got. Yeah. Say. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish I could disagree with a lot of what you're saying, but there, there's really just not much to disagree with. And also, you know, just to add a little bit of fuel to the fire, you know, we kind of, we started finding out Auburn's, Two coordinator, or you know, the offensive and defensive coordinator, Keyson Schmetting, as well as Friend and Bedell, have yet to uh, yet to go to a high school game this season for recruiting. Apparently, they have these uh, team meetings on Friday night that these guys are required to be at. And I get team meetings are important, but not sending out those guys for recruiting is one of. I mean, the only reason we hired Will Friend was for recruiting. I mean, it, it wasn't because he had this stellar resume of developing all these offensive linemen. We hired him from Tennessee because he landed really good recruits at Tennessee. And it seems like Tennessee is more reaping the benefits because they're getting his recruits but have an actually good O-line coach to coach them. Meanwhile, we hire the guy that just recruits, and, well, he really hadn't done a whole lot of recruiting. And the guy that he did land today – he committed to Auburn, and he really didn't commit to Will Friend at all because he feels pretty dang confident that Will Friend's not going to be here next year. 
So that's just, I, I mean, that's just embarrassing, man. That I think that is just the the resounding word. Every every week, we find different aspects of the football program to be embarrassed by. I mean, shoot, last week I I texted, I saw this on Twitter. It was Darren Bates and Jonathan Jones. I'm gonna I'm gonna read off the tweet, okay? So. Darren Bates, you know, I, I'm gonna not make this as much, uh, you know, not as not as colorful as Darren had. Um, an edited version. Send my crap, Dana. I gotta be the only alumni that don't get crap. SMH. It's okay though. I'll be there on the 28th, and someone is gonna get kicked in the dick at Auburn Equipment. Jonathan Jones replied and said, "I thought they were cutting back on the budget. I've been waiting." So that was referring to the care packages that, you know, schools. So for those who don't know, a lot of the time colleges will send care packages to their, you know, alumni in the NFL, just kind of, you know, it's whatever. It's like, yeah, here's a, you know, a shirt, you know, a box. Typically, I think the way Alabama does it is they do one of every line that they made that year. So every new hoodie they have, every new T-shirt they have, every new hat they have, They'll put them all in a box and send them to all their NFL players. Auburn sent a video or sent one, and we see what Darius Slayton, or really Adore Jackson, who is one of Darius Slayton's teammates in the NFL, you know, the National Football League where good football players go. We won't have many guys going there. But Adore Jackson posted the video of Darius Slayton opening it, and he got, by the looks of what you can see, a hat and one T-shirt. And... Adoree said, you know, at, you know, Darius Slayton should have come to SC. Adoree Jackson went to USC. USC says good care packages. And Darius said, Gus would have never did the kid like this. And it's just stuff like that, man. Like, all three of those guys, they all watch Auburn every Saturday. They tweet about Auburn football. They're care- they care about the program. They're in the NFL. They're at the next level. They are representing Auburn football. And they do a great job representing it. All three of those guys, great dudes. They love Auburn. They are good people. They're good at football. They are great representatives of Auburn University. And they're all ticked off because it's not hard to make people happy. It's not hard to just do little things. But when your program can't do that, it just is such a horrible, horrible look for your program because it's the bare minimum of things you can't do. If you're not winning on the field, at least make your alumni happy. At least do something. At least have good recruiting. At least do something that is good. But the sad thing is there's just nothing you can point to for our football program that is good. All the NFL players are laughing about the crappy care packages you send them. Our recruiting just moved up, jumped up the rankings after the commitment today to number 48. That's just horrible. By the way, that's you know Matt Rule's most recent recruiting class at Baylor. Or it may have been his first year, but one of his years at Baylor was in the 40s. So for the Matt Rule fans, it's an interesting hire. I'm personally not the biggest fan. Obviously, he never had a good recruiting not, class either. And he what? had two. Se- he had two seasons under 500 in his first two seasons, and never had a good recruiting class. See, and that's the thing. I, I people look at Matt Rule, and you, you like. You like some. You like the product in the field. You like the record. The recruiting is a little suspicious, in my opinion. Obviously, it's not quite up to the standard that Auburn wants or Auburn needs. People don't care about recruiting as much if you're winning football games, but it's tough to win football games with those recruiting classes. And so, I think Matt Rule is a. He is 
not one of my top guys. But if he is going to be one of the guys you consider, Brian Harson needs to be fired yesterday. Because if Matt Rule, Matt Rule got fired by the Panthers, he is on the market. If you think he might be your guy, fire the coach that you know you're going to fire and start talking to the guy that you're legally allowed to talk to now. That's just another move that if Matt Rule is going to be a guy that we look at, we need to start looking at him. But anyways, that's just – I think there's just a culmination of just so many embarrassing things that just stack on top of each other that just make you – just shake your head. And now, you know, we've got a 6-0 and Mississippi or Ole Miss team ranked in the top 10 last week against Vanderbilt. Their quarterback threw for 448 yards and three touchdowns. Um, they had Jonathan Mingo, who's statistically one of the best wide receivers in the country, 22 receptions, 507 yards, and three touchdowns on the year. We haven't had anyone like that in a long time. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins. Montgomery, Alabama native. He's a true freshman, 96 carries, 581 yards and eight touchdowns, averaging six yards a carry, having a phenomenal year. I'm just I'm just worried, man. I'm just worried that this game might – I don't even think Ole Miss is good, but I could see this getting out of hand. And I just – losing to Ole Miss is embarrassing, in my opinion. I think that Ole Miss is a kind of a – I know they're an SEC West program. Losing to them, I'm embarrassed by that. Losing to them by double digits, that's just – that is unacceptable. You cannot lose – the Mississippi schools are not near the program Auburn is. You can't just lose to them by double digits. And I don't care what they're ranked. We are a better program than they are. And if you have run the program so far into the dirt that people are expecting Ole Miss to beat Auburn University by 15 points, that's just – that is embarrassing. That is the only word you can use is embarrassing. And so – I mean, and I, I I hate it for the players. I really do. Because the guys that came back for their last year of Auburn football, they love Auburn. They wanted to have something special their senior year, and we're three and three. And we it is getting progressively And they're playing worse. their tails off and then getting absolutely wrecked by a call, like a fake punt in your own territory when the score is zero, 0 and your offense hadn't done anything all day. So stupid. He's such a Exactly. Idiot. And that's what and I think that's another thing. It's like no one's pointing to the effort. Like, even on the plays where they execute wrong, like for the defense, like a lot of the defensive guys, you're not looking at effort. Like, they are giving their all, they're playing good. I mean, that game against Georgia, Georgia did not drive down the field and score a touchdown until the third quarter. Like, there is only there is a limit to how good you can expect your defense to play when your offense is just not able to do anything, not able to move the ball, and you're giving Georgia the ball in your territory more often than not. I, I'm just that's I think frustrating thing is that you can't even it's not like 2012 when you can just say yeah the team gave up on Chizik it was just a train wreck the wheels fell off it was bad the wheels are falling off. Everyone has given up on Brian Harson except for the players. The players are giving their all. Players are trying. They're giving effort, and that's why these games are still close at halftime. But it's just not – it's just not working. And that's just the frustrating thing is you're just sitting there in Athens and you're like, man, even when it's 14 nothing at halftime, you just know the storm is coming in the second half and it's about to get worse. And we're just – we're going into this Ole Miss game and – you know, I, I want to be positive. I want to. I want to look at Ole Miss. If this was, you know, last year, we had our team. We were good. You know, we were decent. And we looked at Ole Miss and we were like, 
these guys aren't better than we are. And we felt confident that we were going to win that game in Jordan-Hare. This team, you look at them and you're like, well, this ain't a better team than they were last year. And we were really not that different. We Roster-wise, we're a very similar team. We're a significantly worse football team than we were last year, though. And that's concerning. In this game, you look at Ole Miss and you're like, these guys are not good. You look at us, we're terrible. I just don't have confidence that we can win this game. And it's not because of anything that Ole Miss does. It is just because I don't think our team, I don't think Brian Harson can call the game correctly. I don't think he can run the show correctly. I don't think his coordinators can call the right plays correctly. I don't think we can play 60 minutes without royally screwing up so bad from some stupid thing, whether it's a fake punt, whether it's just throwing the ball to the other team in a terrible moment, whether it's the dumb turnover. I just don't think we can play 60 minutes of clean enough football to beat a halfway decent football team. Yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, that's why it's just depressing because I think that's what all Auburn fans feel right now um, is that, I mean, the team's just <clears throat> so either undisciplined or unlucky or so just destroyed by their coach that calls just mind boggling calls on the regular I mean, I, I can point to almost every single game that Brian Harson has been the coach where he makes a call that is just an epically bad call. And it's not just epically bad hindsight. Like, if you say before the play, this is what they're going to run, you're like, that's a bad idea. And I do feel sorry for the guy. He has never had, in his career at Auburn, in two seasons, he calls a risky play on every single game, and it has not hit a single time. Think about a trick play or an onside kicker. I mean, he runs these all the time. Think of a time where it is worked out for the guy. And think about how many times it has worked. Like, it has been the worst case scenario you could possibly experience. Kobe Hudson. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, just off against Penn State. Anders tearing his ACL. I mean, he has, like, the most unlucky. Every time he calls one of these trick plays, it goes to worst-case scenario and is never paid The fourth-and-one bomb against South Carolina. That just didn't work. That really helped lose us the game. And then he does Coy it more throwing the ball in the red zone. I and mean, I, yeah. I, like, I know what he – I know on, like, the fourth-quarter bomb what he's trying to do there. And – I do feel sorry for him on some of those calls. The fake punt, that was – I mean, no, you shouldn't do that. It, it was fourth and seven. It wasn't fourth and two. It, it That was just a bad call. I know that the look was there, but, like, just because the look's there, you may get the look again later in the game where the situation – you have to have the look and the situation, in my opinion. Fourth and seven is not the time to call this. And then – same thing with the – I mean, the LSU game, I will forgive the two deep balls because it's like he basically said, we're going to punt, but we're going to try and get something out of it. Okay, that makes a little bit of sense maybe, but you're also sacrificing 40 yards in field position. So you have an elite punter right now. Still not probably the best idea. Not kicking the field goals against Missouri. Not a great idea. It just – just not a great idea. Running the quarterback pass with Coy or with Kobe. Not a great idea. When you look at the thing is, Stetson Bennett against us, he was having quite possibly his worst game, his worst game against a conference opponent in his career at Georgia. He was not playing well. 
Georgia's offense was not moving the ball. Auburn's defense was playing phenomenal. Why do you give them the ball? Like, you have the opportunity. It is a field position battle. We are not able to move the ball much. You know we're not moving the ball 75 yards. You just know that. So when we have the ball, we, you know, get the ball at the 40, punt it. Pin them inside their 15-yard line. Do that. Let the defense get a stop and get the ball back at the 50-yard line. Like, that is just simple football. And I get he wanted to, you know, he wanted to make a splash, saw the look, whatever. But it didn't work. And it put Georgia in good field position. And there is a limit to how much your defense can play good defense and stifle an opponent ranked in the top two. Like, that's the thing. Georgia's a good football team. Georgia's not – their offense was not just going to be halted for the whole game. But you knew by the game our defense was holding. It was still early in the game. Punt the ball. Punt the ball. Oh, it was – it just it just hurts, man. It just hurts. It. You, you really hit the nail on the head about with basketball and volleyball. It's just like – we are in – Auburn is a football school. You can say anything you want, like, well, we're an everything school or a basketball school, baseball school, or equestrian school, or gymnastic school, volleyball school. Auburn's a football school. You look at all the money that goes to the football program. You look at that brand-new facility they just built. Auburn's a football school. The people – the powers that be at Auburn, they care about football. If Auburn could win three straight national championships at the expense of no other team making the postseason, our boosters would take it. Our president would take it. Our whole everyone in charge would take it, and I think a lot of the fans would. A lot of the fans would take it. I think so. Auburn's a football school, and we are sitting here in the you know middle, right in the thick of football season. Georgia's undefeated; they're having a great time. Alabama's undefeated; they're having a great time. Ole Miss is undefeated; they're having a great time. LSU, they're not undefeated; they're still having a good time because they beat us, and they're looking a lot better. You look around a lot of the SEC. These football schools, they're feeling good. Even Texas A&M. Texas A&M has the same record we do, and they had bigger expectations. They had better recruiting classes. But they're like, you know, we haven't played nearly as bad as Auburn has. So they feel better than we do. And are competitive and our, against good teams. Have a chance exactly. to win the game on the last play, not losing by 38. Exactly. And our fans – you know, obviously it's funny when everyone's like, oh, like basketball starts in 700 hours, whatever. But it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that they, we put so much effort into football. Auburn, as a school, put so much effort into football. And we're we're just like, well, everything else is doing good. Volleyball is top of the SEC. That's great. I'm great. I'm, I'm happy for volleyball. That's amazing. We were – I mean, the whole team opted out during COVID because they were so bad. Like – yeah, that's impressive. I love that all the sports are good. I go to all the sporting events. I love Auburn sports. But the fact that Auburn sports is so embarrassing that people are talking about every other thing. I had a 15-minute conversation with someone last night about volleyball. I've never had that long of a conversation with anyone about volleyball. And part of that is because it's rare that you find someone that really knows what's going on with volleyball. But that's just how we are right now, that people don't want to talk about football. We're so bad, people don't want to because it's sad. People don't want to be sad. People want to talk about things that are somewhat good. Even our sports that are not great. Like, if basketball was 
I mean, even dude, even if basketball was not where it is, people be talking about it. People are talking about baseball. People are talking about softball. Nobody wants to talk about football because of how bad we are and how bleak the future looks. And this is one of the first times that's ever happened. I mean, Auburn has always been a football place. People love football. But people just want to talk about other things because Auburn football is just not a fun thing to talk about. And that's the thing, I think, with a new coach, a new coach is bound to come in. I mean, I think the writing on the wall, I think the only thing that can save Brian Harson's job, maybe, is if he wins seven or eight games, recruiting magically turns around and he beats Alabama. None of those are going to happen. But a new coach, you know, obviously we're not going to talk about, you know, in-depth new coaches. But you start seeing, you know, we know kind of, Roughly a top five. And Lane Kiffin is, you know, high on that list. Winning this game, I do think that winning this game could really, really help Lane just get pissed off at Ole Miss and he's going to leave. Because if they can't beat Auburn, even when we are so much in just a massive hole of a program and he's still undefeated, if they can't beat Auburn, that'll be a thing. But do you think that a splash hire needs to be made? for the sole reason to just reinvigorate the program and get people talking about Auburn sports again? Or do you think that you want to just still stick it out? Do you want to hire a flashy guy like a Lane Kiffin or a Hugh Freeze, or do you want to go with a guy that is less exciting but is more of a conventional, he's just going to coach the game, he's going to be a conventional Auburn head coach, he's not going to be a flashy guy, he's not going to be Lane Kiffin. I mean, Jeff Grimes fits that. Jeff Grimes is who I think is going to be the guy. And I mean, in all honesty, I think he's going to be the guy we hire. He fits Auburn. He loves Auburn. I don't know if he'll be a good coach, but just kind of walk us through what you think Auburn needs to do to just reinvigorate this program because it doesn't look like winning games are going to be what does it. I think you get a flashy guy. You got one in basketball and look at where it got you. I mean, you don't need it in every single sport. I mean, Butch Thompson is not a flashy guy, but he just wins, you know? If you if you had a guy that was, like, just a winner and could come in and win you football games, like, actually win 10 games, then, yeah, that's fine. I just don't think that with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban that you can have a dud of a coach come in and win 10 games. I just don't think that Auburn's in the position right now to have a coach like that. I think that's why Gus was not successful in the end. You know, I mean, Gus was not a flashy guy when he was at Auburn. He's gotten flashier since he's been at UCF, dressing up in a spacesuit and doing a hype video and doing frosted tips and putting Instagram QR codes on the back of jerseys. But you see what I'm saying. I mean, he wasn't doing these things at Auburn. The recruiting started to slip. You're going to have to be innovative. You're going to have to be something that recruits won't because the guy that's not a flashy coach is across the state. You know, if you want an all about the ball guy, you you've got the best one that's ever walked the face of the planet 30 miles or not however many 130 miles away in Tuscaloosa and you're going to win a championship. So yeah, no, that, that that's not what we need. I think we need a, a splashy hire. I really like Dion. I'm high on the Dion train. I mean, the guy is bringing in higher level recruits than a lot of Power Five programs are to a situation that is, I mean, the facilities that they have versus the brand new football only facility that Auburn has. I mean, they're they're not on the same planet. 
And he's bringing in guys from Europe. He's bringing in number one recruit in the country. His quarterback has 1,600 yards. I mean, the dude's getting it done. Um, and, I mean, there obviously there are some question marks about the fact that, like, he played Alabama State the last weekend. And, I mean, they didn't run him out of the stadium. <clears throat> that being said, he also still has a lot of players that are not – it's not like – so he's got some splash recruits, but he also has to fill his roster up. And so he has a lot of swack players still. So he's got a couple of guys that are head and shoulders better than all of those guys, but he also has a lot of guys that are on the same talent level as the other teams that are there, you know? And so that's – he's also going to be competitive with the teams that have the talent level that he has. Okay, I don't think I think if he was if he had these recruits that were much higher, plus he had the same talent and he was losing a bunch of games, that's concerning about his X's and O's. But he wins the games. He just doesn't win them by five or six touchdowns like a power five team would do if they played Alabama State. But at the end of the day, he's got two, maybe three guys on his roster that are guys that had major power five offers. And then the rest of the guys are guys that or in the league that they were offered. Yeah, and I I can see that. I really can. And we'll we'll get into coaching, you know, obviously coaching is going to be a thing that we'll talk about to no end in the coming weeks, but and X's as and O's are not a thing. I mean, you look at Brian Harson, you don't call a lot of the X's and O's. If you're not calling the plays, all you're doing is game management. And so, I mean, he was a football player. He should be fine at game management, but I see what you're saying. Yes, I, I agree with that. But as always, guys, we really appreciate y'all listening and putting up with everything. As always, if you have any thoughts or comments, concerns, feel free to DM the page. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.